Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we have a very fun interview today with human ray of sunshine, Jules Von Hepp. Oh my gosh, it's a really fun episode. And especially if you want to self-tan, you're going to learn a lot too. But also, if you read the description and you were like, I don't know that I want to listen to an interview with a celebrity spray tanner. You do. He's so much more than that. He's so much more than that. He's such an advocate for body positivity, just for general happiness and positivity about life in general. He is wonderful. Agree. But you know who else is wonderful? We are. Let's talk about us. Yes. What's your high, Becca? So I have two highs. So my first high is that we put up the fake trailer for rom-com pods. We'll have like a real trailer with like clips from the episodes, but we put up one of just Rachel and I introducing it We put just to get our feed live in Apple and Spotify. And the reception was so phenomenal. I am so humbled. I feel so happy. We made it to, as of today, number four on the fiction charts, which is crazy. You were number one yesterday, though. We're not number one. We're just the top placement in the top shows. You were number one. But we're not like, it's fine. Not with a number next to it. We're oh, just like in well, that placement. It was in the top placement, so you're number still one is, to me. But we're number. I've been four. telling everyone you were number one. I love what a big cheerleader you are. I really appreciate that. I um, I am nothing if not a cheerleader for all of my successful friends. So that made me really happy. People also, we've trained our audience so well without even asking. So many people rated it and left reviews, and I was like, "Wow, two years of training has finally come yeah. to fruition." Reviews and sharing, guys. It's the best thing you can do. So that was really exciting. I hope that maybe by the time this is live, or if not soon, we'll have a more fun trailer with a preview into the first season. So if you haven't already, this is my desperation minute to tell you to go follow Rom-Com Pods on Apple or Spotify or wherever. Do it. But then my other high is that last night to celebrate, you and I went on a socially distanced cocktail walk which was a delight. Yeah. You know, I have to say, I think that the one thing that really needs to keep happening after quarantine is all these to-go cocktails. It's so fun. I It's so much nicer than sitting in a bar and just like not looking at each other. I mean, I guess on a walk, you don't really look at each other either. But it felt really nice to like go on a walk and talk rather than just like sitting in a dark bar. Yeah, it's a little more active. Totally. The sun was shining. It was a beautiful day yesterday. It was so nice. And we got to support yeah. one of our favorite local bars, OTB in Brooklyn. Yeah, they're, they're, they make a great Negroni. Uh, I love their to-go Negroni. It was very good. Yeah. What What's your high? Um, so my high, I have two besides our cocktail walk, which was the best, and we need to make this a tradition, was, um, well, first of all, I found out that my Amazon drop collection is happening. I mean, I'm kind of a worst case scenario person with work stuff, and I was starting to think it just might not even happen because everything's been pushed back. People aren't shopping, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I found out we're going to launch probably in the next month, in the next five weeks, I would say it will go live. Grace, and I'm so excited to be your cheerleader and also to buy all of your collection. I already told you last night in our walk all the things I want to buy from your it's, collection. I'm just so glad. And it's also, I think it's perfectly fine for like working at home, but you know, it's very summery. So if it was going to launch anytime after July, I'd be like, don't even bother because it takes about two weeks to come, maybe longer with shipping delays. And I, I was just bummed. I really didn't think it was going to happen. 
happen. So I, I think we're on. I don't know an exact date, but I'll be sharing more. And I'm just so happy because I put so much work into it. I spent a ton of money going to Miami and shooting it and paying for all the photography. So I'm really happy that it's back on. I'm very excited for a work from home house dress moment. Yeah. The other one is a really dumb micro high, but um, my Dr. Botter came. I was totally out. I usually have a backup bottle and I ordered a new bottle and it came today and I just like washed my face and slathered it in the cream. I haven't used it in like two weeks and my skin just feels so much happier. Grace, I don't think you do very well in the Hunger Games. Why? If this is how you feel about not having butter cream, I don't know, I know that you'd fare very well. I probably wouldn't, but I love my skincare. It's my favorite moisturizer. Well, and it's- just don't get into any like life or death end of days style competitions. I don't think that's really for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm I'm an indoor cat who likes to like do face masks and drink wine. Um, what about on the low side? On the low side, I've been a little irritable, just cranky. Um, like things that wouldn't usually bother me. I'm I consider myself a pretty positive person. Um, little things that have been bothering me have bothered me more. But other than that, it's been a pretty good week. Okay. What about you? Uh there have been a few admin things that have been happening with rom-com pods that are very annoying. And I, I'm not trying to sound mysterious, but I also don't want to talk about them in specifics. But I'm kind of having this feeling like I, I know that I willingly took on this thing and I knew it was going to be a lot. But then when things are starting to go wrong, it's painful because I'm like, I already have two other jobs. Like, can't this yeah. go smoothly? <laughs> I don't know. I gave you an earful last night when I saw you on our walk, yeah. but well, ugh. I would be annoyed. You're you're justified in your annoyance. Yeah. So I nothing to worry about, but it's it's not all smooth sailing. Yeah. So that's annoying. But do you know what I do want to discuss? What? So, so many people over DMs wanted to know our thoughts on the normal people TV show, which we both watched. And a lot of people wanted a standalone episode about it, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm happy to give you a five-minute segment on normal people. Yeah. Oh, my God. That show. First of all, I just need to say that the sex scenes are so steamy. Like, the chemistry between the two leads is phenomenal. Yeah, it was. I, I didn't expect it to be as graphic as it was. No, not that I, I wasn't either. The book was not a steamy book. The book was not about their sex life. Like you could tell they were like having good sex and had this undeniable chemistry. But the show made it much more about that. Yeah. I've I've heard a bunch of people say that they thought the show was better than the book. Where do you fall? I agree. I think the show was better than the book. And I loved the book. I think so too. I think it like, I don't know. It just like punched me in the feelings. It just gave me, it made me feel for these characters so much more seeing it than reading it. Agree. Which is usually not the case because usually I feel like when you're reading something, you can also see inside somebody's head. So I feel like I always feel more deeply for the characters. But agree. Wow, that was like not the case here. No, it wasn't at all. It was so it was just so good. Um, both of those actors, like I think they're so talented. I I don't know. I've never felt this way about a TV show versus a book. Like I don't know you if know, I, I have the, either. The Little Fires Everywhere. So I thought that The Little Fires Everywhere show was almost as good as the book. But I I just haven't ever been like, oh, my God, this show is even better than the book. Same. Same. I also thought that it was 
so beautifully shot, which is mm-hmm. not something that I would usually necessarily notice. Like, I don't think I'm an art snob necessarily, or, you know, like I could recognize when something is really beautiful, but I would say it's rare that that's like one of my main reasons for loving the show so much. But oh my God, it was so beautiful. I agree. It was so, so everything was just really, it was really visual. Especially that episode in Italy. I let, I, that was one of my favorite episodes. And it like just gave me such a feeling of like, oh my God, like I want to go live in a villa in, in, I don't know where they were, somewhere near Venice. Yeah. I wanted to be in that like white beachy dress she was wearing and just like chilling in Italy. I know. She was such a dynamic actress because I thought she really realistically played both her high school self where she was Mm -hmm. more sheepish and then herself when she was in college where she was more... um. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like she'd just kind of like come into herself more. And then even when she was ending college, like it it was it felt like three distinct times, even though it was the same actress at the same season, obviously. But I I just I I was so impressed by them both. I thought the guy was so attractive. He looks a lot like our friend Levi. He looks nothing like our friend Levi. Also, I think she looked like I couldn't tell if it was just the bangs, but she reminded me a lot of Dakota Johnson. Yes, yeah, she oh yeah, she looks a lot like Dakota Johnson. I yeah. I challenge you to put up a um a grid of like the the actress that played um Marianne versus um Dakota Johnson and then the guy who played Connell versus our friend Levi and just like see what people think. He looks nothing like Levi. Nothing. Levi is much older. Levi is like the 45-year-old version of Connell. It's not fair to compare him to like this 23-year-old. He looks nothing like him, Grace. They look like they look like one could be the other's dad, I think. No. Mhm. Uh-uh. Anyway, Levi's <laughs> aside, um did you see that there is an Instagram for Connell's chain? I saw that, but I didn't pay attention to it. I thought that was really funny. I was like, oh, I'm, this is really kind of something in real life I would judge for, but I'm here for it. It's really specific. Yeah. I thought he was such a dynamic actor, too. I When he started to get into the scenes where uh, – this isn't really a spoiler, but like when he started to get into the scenes where he ha- is depressed, I was like, oh, is he going to be able to carry this off? Yeah. Um, And he was in the therapist's office, and I was like – Ooh, I don't know if he's going to be a good enough actor for this. And I was like, oh, wow. No, he is. He is. Yeah, he car- he did it really well. Oh, my God. I binged the show. I watched it in two sittings. I watched seven episodes one night and then five last night. And a bunch of people DM'd me to say, should I read the book first? And I don't think you need to. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have an example to point to of anyone who watched the show and didn't read the book. But truly, I... I I think I enjoyed it more than the book. Yeah, I um, I definitely did. And I also got a lot of questions, especially on Twitter, um, as to if you did not like the book, should you watch oh, the show? What yes, do you think? I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what else somebody told me? Casey Balsham 
told me this. Um, apparently, there were two different directors. So somebody directed the first six episodes and then somebody different directed the last six episodes. No way. Yeah. And I was so impressed by how continuous it felt. Wow. I was also really impressed. Ashley Spivey sent me this article. I've just been talking about this with everyone. Yeah. Like all I'm doing is just talking to people about the normal Hoople TV show. But Ashley Spivey sent me this article about it was I think it was in the LA Times about how they made the sex scenes feel so realistic. And they were talking about how they brought in an intimacy coordinator to help them basically choreograph all of the sex scenes. And oh, wow. It, it was a really interesting article, but it also was so interesting having read the article and then finishing watching the rest of the show because it was something I can't think of many other examples where their whole relationship felt so intimate. Yeah. Like it wasn't just sexual. Like it was also like there was an intimacy that I feel like, well, I mean, I'm not an actor, but I feel like would be really hard to just manufacture. Agree. Because she has a boyfriend. Interesting. The actress in real life. I would be like, "Mm, you're a really good actress. She's also only 21. She's young. Oh my God. She's got a great career ahead of her. I know. The article, the LA Times article, we'll link it in the show notes, which every, I I think if you like the show, you'd be really interested in. She said that she um, talked to her mom about like whether or not she should do the nudity. And her mom was like, go for it. And I was like, oh, wow. Cool parents. Yeah. Interesting. But- I don't know. I I'm I feel like I haven't even gathered my thoughts. I'm just in awe of how good the TV show was. Yeah, agree. I was like sobbing by the end. Oh my god, I sobbed. There were multiple times where I just had a full breakdown. Yeah, I went to bed early last night and I woke up and had all these texts from Becca. She was like live texting me throughout. She was like, "He's depressed. I'm sobbing." Yeah, yeah. I feel as though I may rewatch it again in a couple of weeks. Is that weird? Um. Yes and no. I would love to watch it for the visuals again, but I don't know that I can take the emotional abuse again. Oh, I loved it. I feel like it was it was a gut punch, but I enjoyed it. I don't know how to describe that. You and Ashley Spivey, you guys just like really sad things. I don't always. This one I feel like was a good balance that I would want to watch it again versus yeah. there's a few sad movies that I just I can't go near. Yeah, yeah. But this this was enough of a balance. And in some ways, I won't spoil the ending, but I did think the ending was slightly more hopeful than the book. Yeah, I did too. But yeah. So now we've done normal people. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors. So today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. So Book of the Month is a monthly book subscription. Each month, they highlight five new and early release books, and you pick one, or in our case this month, I picked two and I think Grace picked three. And I did get three. <laughs> they delivered. It's quarantine. What else do we have to do? Yeah. And they deliver them right to your door. And I also have to say their shipping this month was so fast. It was so fast. What even happened? I got mine in like a few days. It was great. Yeah. Usually it doesn't come for like a week or two. Yeah. I ordered another book from somewhere else and it. I feel like they're delivering via the Oregon Trail. Yeah, books, book delivery in general is just really slow right now. Yeah, so I get I was, it. It's not essential, but... Ooh. No, it's not essential. But thanks, Book of the Month, because yeah. we got our books so fast. Um, so Book of the Month is one of my favorite ways to discover new books. So they place an emphasis on new and diverse authors. And so often they have picks that I've never even heard of, but end up being fantastic. And I also just really love that you can a lot of times get books early. So in, um, what month are we? So we're in May now. In April, my pick was The Guest List. And I absolutely loved that book, but I reviewed it and put it on my blog. And 
so many people were like, how did you get that early? And I was like, oh shit. And I, then I realized that book of the month, um, had gotten it over a month early. It's not coming out until early June. Oh, wow. So this month, I ended up choosing two books. I picked The Boyfriend Project, which is about a woman who befriends the other woman that her boyfriend is cheating on her with. And then I I picked that too. And then I also chose Happy and You Know It because the description said something about rich New York City moms with secrets. And I saw on your Instagram story that you started that one. How is it? I love it. So it reminds me of a Leanne Moriarty book, but set in New York. So most of Leanne Moriarty's books are set in Australia because that's where she lives. But um, it's about all these Upper East Side moms. They're in a playgroup. There's these six women. And then this woman joins them as they're like, they're so rich that they have, they pay somebody to come to their playgroup to sing. And so they all like kind of develop a friendship with her but each of the women is hiding something like one of them is sleeping with another one of their husbands um another one is like a stay-at-home mom who just all she wants to do is go back to work um the characters are very very likable and relatable but also um all kind of hiding something it's it's a fantastic book i am about 60 or 70 percent through and when we finish recording i might finish it Ooh, i'm excited about that one yeah. So if you're worried about the subscription aspect, don't be. Book of the Month is completely commitment-free. You can skip a month as many times as you want, or you can choose a previous month's pick if nothing in the current month appeals to you. But if Grace and I are anything to go by, you're probably not going to have that problem this month. Yes. I have in the past skipped months, and then I end up the next month using all my credits up, like this month when I used three credits. Um, but I just think that this would be such a fun gift. If you know somebody who might be feeling a little bit down or has a birthday coming up, it would be such a nice gift. I've been thinking about doing it. My mom actually just got her own membership. She used her code. She texted me to tell Aww. me. But I was I had been thinking it would be a good Mother's Day gift with for her. And then we could each pick the same book every month and read it together. That's so cute. I still might just see if she wants to coordinate to do it together, but it's like the perfect social distancing gift that you can also do together. So if you would like to buy it for yourself or for somebody in your life that loves to read, we have a discount for you. So you can get your first book for just $10 when you go to bookofthemonth.com and use code BOP10. So again, get your first book for $10 when you go to bookofthemonth.com and use code BOP10. And now to our interview. Guys, we could not be more excited to have Jules Von Hepp with us today, joining us all the way from the UK. So Jules is one of both of our favorite people to follow on Instagram. He is the founder of Isle of Paradise, which is our favorite clean self-tanning brand. But he's also a body positivity activist. He's passionate about changing the way that we perceive our bodies and the bodies of those around us. And might we add, he is just an overall ray of human sunshine. He's tanned all the biggest stars and also has his own podcast podcast, which is called the Jules and Sarah podcast, which I love this. They describe as a fun, lighthearted, predominantly nonsense driven podcast. Jules, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love so many parts of that introduction. Yes, our podcast is nonsense driven predominantly because we have no idea how to define what we talk about every single week. Um, So we were like, yeah, we just talk really ridiculous things um and also i love that you recognize that isle of paradise is clean it is that's like i mean so before all this i really struggled forever because i like being tan 
don't look at me now. I'm, I'm pale. I've just like slacked on everything, but it has been impossible. We're going to talk about this later. It's been impossible to find a good, clean self tan brand. I had kind of given up. I was like, well, there's just nothing. And then a friend of mine recommended Isle of Paradise and I've never looked back. As is the way of many, of many. Once you come to Isle of Paradise, it's, it's just, you can't go back. And to be honest, like as a spray tanner, my whole career was listening to people and their struggles with tan. Like imagine being in a bar or being at a dinner or something like that. And someone would say, oh, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm a spray tanner. And they'd be like, oh, do you know what? I can't work out with tan. And do you know what I find difficult with tan? Let me tell you about the areas that don't work for me with tan. That's literally all I talked about for 10 years. So when it came to launching Out of Paradise, I knew that I wanted it to be completely fuss-free. It needed to not be a ball ache and it needed to be easy and give great results. I love that. It's Your products are incredible. It's, it's the only self-tanner I use, so I tell everyone. <laughs> so we, oh, We're going to yeah. talk a ton about Isle of Paradise, but you are actually the first guest we've interviewed during quarantine. We've been doing more Just Us episodes or pre-taped interviews. So wait, so how are you doing? So um, each week I'm realizing is a different experience. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My partner and I have been together, I think this is week 11 for us because we were actually on vacation together for two weeks and then we got back and had to start self-quarantining because we went to Thailand. So everyone was like, you need to quarantine. Um, And so we now are in this very weird state of play and like this week I'm feeling great last week was an interesting turbulent week um but all in all all good I think anyone who works from home will sympathize with the fact that not much about my working day-to-day has changed um but my more my personal life is is very different but you know we're all in this together I work from home usually but I feel like it feels different like Somebody telling you that you can't leave versus just not leaving because you're working, it it feels different. Like, I feel stir-crazier. Yeah, agreed. Wait, Jules, for the audience, where are you quarantining? I am in London, United Kingdom. What are things like in the UK right now? Um... I mean, we have had all sorts of ups and downs. Our prime minister got corona, which was really tense. Um, Obviously, as your leader, you're like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? My brother um, also works for the NHS. So I hear a lot more about what it's like in the healthcare system at the moment. Um, Morale, definitely. I mean, in a big city, it's hard. And I'm sure you girls find this in New York as well. Like there's not loads of outdoor space. Um, it's, It's hard, but we're really pulling together and trying to help each other out. There's so many. We have this thing here. I don't know if you know about it in in the States where every Thursday night at 8 p.m., everybody has to stand outside their houses and clap and cheer and bang drums and bang tambourines and everything. And it's you can hear it all across the country. And it's to symbolize that we are all uniting together to cheer on our healthcare workers. And in the windows of everyone's houses, um, children have painted rainbows. And the rainbows are to symbolize happiness and hope. And so when you walk around the cities and when you walk around villages, you can see rainbows in all the windows. And it means that we're all together and we're all uniting as one. Oh, I love that. Here we have at seven o'clock every single night, there's clapping and pots and pans um, for the health care workers too. Every single night. Every I think, night. I, think, <laughs> I yeah. think English people are way too introverted to do that. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't think everyone does it, but it's it's definitely like you can hear it. Like seven o'clock it starts. Yeah. That's so good. So good. So wait, are you getting dressed every day? Yes. And that is something that I learned um, a few years ago about working from home. I went from a job where I was always in studios and always working on TV sets and in and out of celebrity homes on airplanes doing red carpet tans for my clients to then having to find a space to do laptop work and to do business work when we were working on Isle of Paradise and when we launched Isle of Paradise. So I had quite a a life-turning moment where I realized that actually getting dressed every morning makes such a huge difference to your day. Just because you're working from home doesn't mean that you stop, like stop that day-to-day living. And I realized that if I stayed in my PJs all day, I was not productive. So I now have this whole routine where I wake up, I have to make the bed, I have to have a shower, and I have to put on a look in order for me (laughs) to be productive. So I, listen, I love it. Some of these looks, I use the word look very loosely. Some of them, like, I'll get to the end of the day and be like, A, what are you wearing? And B, as if you own this, like, these are my clothes. You know, like, <laughs> some people are like, are you in fancy dress? Like, what is this? And I'm like, no, 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 I own this. Um, and my other half has actually learned, and you know, you've got to get dressed in order to be productive. So I assume that also means you're keeping up on your tan. I literally tan. I tanned yesterday um, because I was having a day where I just wasn't feeling that great. And so I put on a layer of tan last night and I feel so much better today. For me, I don't tan for anybody else. I actually don't really care what anybody thinks about me. But for me, I have to tan in order for the voices, the little voice in my head that goes, you look crap today, in order for that to go away, I make sure I tan because it makes me feel so much more confident in myself. I love that. Um, what tan products do you personally use? I'm always curious. So um, for my body, I use Isle of Paradise uh, Ultra Dark. I leave it on for one hour, 45 minutes. It is just the optimum time for my skin. And I realize that that, that may sound very anal in time, but I'm a Virgo. I'm precise. And um, for my face, I tan with uh, the green water. I don't like having a really dark face. The green water... Yeah is it hides my redness and it gives my complexion this really nice glow. Yeah, I had to ask. <laughs> and by, yeah. by the way, you're in good company here. Becca's a Virgo and I'm a Libra, but I'm a very cuspy Libra with Virgo <laughs> tendencies. We're my vi- moon sign is Libra. This is a good crowd. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> like, Libras and, and Virgo Libras are the best people. <laughs> I, I read a thing though about Virgos where... Um, I was like, you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm usually right. And then someone was like, that is a classic Virgo trait to tell others that you are right. I was like, well, I am right, though. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) So wait, we're both so curious about your career and how you started Isle of Paradise. Can you like walk us through how you got to where you are today from high school or college to graduation to now? So I um, had a very unconventional um, schooling for somebody who works in my job as a creative within the cosmetics industry. I went to a very regimented all-boys school. Um, 
So my teenage years were actually quite lost. And like, I didn't really realize that a career in beauty even existed until my early 20s. I studied fashion at university because it was the closest thing to the area of working in that I could get to. I then um, interned at magazines. I worked in PR agencies. I did the rounds. And then I met really randomly. I met um, a celebrity facialist called Nicola Joss. Now, Nicola has clients like Meghan Markle, Julia Roberts, Kate Blanchett, um, Margot Robbie. She does the lot. And we met on a shoot and I was instantly just in awe of her. She just has this incredible presence. She really believes, and we Shadow believes actually, like beauty is not necessarily about the end finish. It's about the process and about the feeling that it brings to a client. And so I said to her, like, I'm feeling a little bit lost in my career. I don't really know what I'm doing. And she said, why don't you just train with me and shadow me? And eventually she said, I think you would be a really, really good spray tanner. And I was like, bitch, what? A spray tanner? (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? I was like, I've been to university. I can write magazine articles. Like, what? And she said, no, 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 no listen, you've got what it takes to make other people feel comfortable naked. You just have this warmth about you. And so at the time, I've, I just was not finding anything that sticks. And I really learned a valuable lesson that, you know, when you're trying to find a career that's right for you, you shouldn't think about the voices or the pretenses in your head that think success looks like X, Y, Z, because that doesn't exist. All I did was follow something that felt good. And I was like, this is making me happy. And if I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to keep being happy, sweet. And so I started tanning a couple of clients here and there. And I tanned some of Nicola's clients. I tanned a couple of people here and about. And slowly and surely, like people passed on my name and I started doing tans. Three months after I started that, I actually had a bit of a, I I like to think that the universe um, collided and chucked me a favor. And um, I was tanning a makeup artist called Natalia Nair. And she, after the tan said, you know that you are really, really good at tanning. And I was like, no, I don't know that. Like, I think (laughs) I'm great. But I mean, I'm, I'm not getting too many complaints, but I felt that was standard. She was like, no, you just don't mess it up. And she said, listen, I am the head makeup artist on The X Factor, and I would love it if you would think about coming and joining my team. I had been tanning for three months. I knew jack shit about working in TV, about working with any of that. (laughs) But I was like, okay. So I said, yes. Now, I was still holding down a Monday to Friday like job. I was tanning in my spare time to earn some extra cash. And so... I worked seven days a week for four months. And in the in the weekdays, I was in like really boring meetings about stuff I didn't care about. And then at the weekends, I was walking past Lady Gaga in studios and meeting Rihanna and all this stuff. But I learned so much on that job. I made a lot of mistakes, but I learned about skin, about TV, about lights, about kits, about working with so many different types of people. And once you work on a job like that, you meet a lot of people and your name gets passed around as somebody who doesn't gossip, who's pretty easygoing and does a great job. And so then I started working with more celebrities and 
picking up big clients and picking up you know people like Kate Moss and Sienna Miller and I was um working backstage with Nicola on fashion week so I was doing Milan Paris New York London and then I had a call from Dancing with the Stars in the UK and they said listen we hear that you are the person to give amazing spray tans that don't look orange. And we've got this real problem here in England where our show is known for orange spray tans. We don't want it to be known for that. And I was like, okay. So I signed with them and I worked on that show for three years. And when you're on a show like that, you work with skin types of every type. So you have got light skin tones, dark skin tones, body shapes of all sizes, dry skin, hydrated skin, sometimes pregnant skin, you've got the lot. And once you've done that, you learn everything there is to possibly know about tan. So then from that show, um, I kept working a little bit more, a little bit more. My kit by this time, like you have to imagine as a Virgo, my kits were massive. I was so obsessed with getting that texture and the final finish of the color of the skin. But my, I was driving, my friends used to take the, take the complete uh, mickey out of me because I was driving a mum wagon. I had a huge like car that looked like I had 12 <laughs> kids. And I would rock up to these studios with all these suitcases and assistants. And I was like, I literally, um, I look like a kleptomaniac. I've got so many products. Why am I using this many products? There has to be a simpler way. And I then it, I realized that if I didn't make a tanning brand, that people at home were going to be tanning with the only products that, that was available to them. So products that were going to be orange, streaky, patchy, smelly. And I was working backstage mixing makeup with tan to create that amazing final finish. And then I had that light bulb moment and I realized that it was my duty as somebody who was being profiled within the industry as a global leading tanning expert. I had to literally step up and step forward and make it easier for everyone across the world to apply tan to feel the benefits and not to think, oh God, it's this process that's just going to be the one big old ball ache. Um, so then Isle of Paradise started its journey. What year did Isle of Paradise start? So Isle of Paradise is, um, it's just turned two years old. Okay. Oh, I feel like it's been around for so much longer. I don't know why. I guess I've been using your products since you launched. Yes. So we, we, and that's what so many people say because it's been around for so long. And you're at Sephora, like you're, it's easy to find. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, Isle of Paradise, yeah, sure. It came from, it just appeared overnight, but honestly, my whole career, my 10 years of working with every single type of body is in that bottle. So the reason those products are so good is because I've made all the mistakes before when I've been working on set, on jobs. I've seen it all. I've learned from those mistakes. And that's why Isle of Paradise literally is so fuss-free, nonsense-free and gives great results. Wait, how did you come up with the name? So... um When you create a brand, which I'm sure is a bit like when you have a baby, I haven't had a baby yet, so I don't know. But when you're picking a name, you literally go through everything. So you're like, hmm, could it be called? And you start looking at inanimate objects and you're like, pepper grinder. Hmm, Is there anything, (laughs) is there anything within that? Or you look at like, you're like, shower curtain, curtain, fabric, palm leaf. And you go through all these things in your head. Um, and I thought, you know what? I need to think about, um, what I want this brand to really put across and what I want the core belief to be. And I thought about how tan makes me feel. And 
there is a moment when you're stood in front of the mirror when you're tanned and you feel so much more confident in yourself. You look at yourself and you go, oh my God, yes, I'm, I feel like me. And that moment for me is like this magical moment. And I thought, well, who do I tan for? Do, like, when do I tan? Am I tanning? Um, am I tanning to take a picture with a knit bag or a knit pair of shoes? Well, no, not really. Am I tanning because I want to seduce someone or I want to, you know, have that like glow like I'm on holiday? I was like, well, no, not really. I'm tanning to feel like me. I'm tanning to be around my girlfriends. I'm tanning when I'm shopping with my mum. I'm just tanning to feel great about myself. And I thought that moment is like paradise. And I was like, oh, so the Isle of Paradise is the mental headspace that you take yourself to when you're tanned. It's that confidence and it's that magic that tan makes you feel. I love that. So we wanted to take a quick break to tell you about a podcast that we are both really loving. It's called G Thanks Just Bought It, and it's brought to you from the producers of one of our other favorite podcasts, Forever 35. So the show is hosted by Caroline Moss, who's a shopping expert. And let me say that Caroline knows her way around an Amazon cart. So every week, Caroline and a guest both share life-changing, under-the-radar products that you didn't think you needed. Yeah, so we've both discovered so many things we never knew we needed from this podcast. Um, Here's an example. Author and New York Times reporter Gia Tolentino was a recent guest talking all about her favorite bra. Or Marissa Meltzer, who wrote This Is Big, which I talked about a couple episodes back. It's a fantastic book. Went on to talk about her favorite candles and laundry detergent. These are A-plus recommendations that we all need right now. And these recs are coming from some really interesting women. So past guests have included Allison Roman, Samantha Irby, Molly Chen, and Hitha Palapu. It is such a fun way to get introduced to interesting women and life-changing products. So if you're looking for some insider scoop on the best products to buy, you've got to subscribe to G-Things Just Bought It. You can get it wherever you listen to podcasts. So you said that you're not somebody who gossips, so I don't know if you'll tell me this, but who's the most famous person you've ever tanned? Oh, my gosh. Um, So I've worked with Kendall Jenner. I've worked with Kate Moss, um, Sienna Miller, uh, Lily James. Um, I worked on The Crown. So, I mean, the, the list is endless. When you do fashion week shows and when you do huge tv shows everyone blends into one it's just a sea of nipples whether they're famous <laughs> nipples or not <laughs> well, that name is... that episode it's just a sea of nipples i think that's Literally. the name of the episode <laughs> oh my god do you have any other like do you have any juicy celebrity stories you can tell us uh i can't name names but um yeah. oh gosh so, you know, the saying never meet your idols is true and it's also false. Sometimes in this industry, you meet people and they're so amazing and you don't expect them to be amazing. That's an incredible thing. There's also times when you meet people and they're just awful and it crushes the dream and you're like, oh, you're not who I thought you were. But yeah. when you hear the stories about, oh, I've heard so-and-so is awful. I've heard she's a diva. I've heard this. I've heard that. It's not always true because celebrities and people in the public eye are just people like anybody else and they have good days and they have bad days and sometimes they have a bad day and they're not very nice to people and that can be where the stories come from and actually they're a total legend deep down yeah i think that's a good point okay so for you when you and i did our instagram live like a week or two ago um you 
said something that really resonated with me. We talked about slowing down and you were kind of like, you know, I was saying yes to everything and just finding myself really exhausted. I won't put words in your mouth. But um, I think that we've this something that we talk about with our audience a lot is learning to say no and um, going about that gracefully. What are your best tips for saying no? It's um, saying no, I think is let's just get one thing straight. Saying no is really, really hard. Um, It's so hard. It depends on your personality type. And I actually listen a lot to um, Happier Podcasts with Gretchen Rubin. Um, and she identifies personality types. And one of them is an obliger. So you always put your happiness before, or you put someone else's happiness before your own. And it's something that I realized I was massively doing. I was saying yes to so many things. I was like, yes, I'll do this. I'll, I'll go to this party. I'll do this. And then I realized actually, is this making me happy or is it making somebody else happy? And working out that it's totally okay to say no to things. Um, I think if think about what it means to say no, are you letting somebody down? And are you letting somebody down who means a lot to you? Or are you creating a scenario in your head where you think, oh, the person's going to hate me after this if I say no. Um, I also think that saying no doesn't have to be a bad thing. And you don't have to apologize for saying no, you just say, you know what, I just can't do that. I think it might be best to ask somebody else. Or I don't think um, I'm going to be up to it. And leave it Mm -hmm. at that. You don't have to give an explanation for your behavior. You owe an explanation to no one. How you feel is how you feel. And um, don't just don't feel guilty about saying no. There's no there's no point unless it's to your mum's 50th. And then you need to check in with yourself (laughs) and put the big things forward. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And do you have any good advice for someone for how to stay positive given everything going on right now that was another big question that we got like it was like Jules is so positive like I'm having I'm really struggling right now so positivity um really is about physics so you can't have positivity without negativity because positivity wouldn't be positive unless something else was negative Mm -hmm. so you have a choice of which route you want to pick And every negative has a positive. So, um, oh, I just smashed a cup on the floor. The negative is I've lost an amazing cup, my favorite cup. Oh, my gosh. The positive, okay, I can buy a new cup. Like, this is great. I get to bring newness into my life. Um, Negativity, I've broken up with someone. Um, I lost my job. Positive flip. Wow, new opportunities. My life is moving in a new direction. I wonder which where this is going to take me. What a roller coaster. Let's see what's what's next. So I think always remembering that every negative has a positive is um is a huge lesson in life. And you have the choice to be positive or negative. You have a choice. Am I going to see the really optimistic side of this and to see the sunshine today? Or am I going to focus on the negative? And the more you focus on the negative, the more you manifest negativity and the more it just swirls around you. I imagine negativity a bit like, you know, in a cartoon when grapevines grow around someone's ankles and they yoink them. (laughs) That's what negativity is like. And so you just have to remember that in order to keep that at bay, just stay positive. And I refer to, I wrote a book um, called Get Body Posy. And in that book, um, I identified two types of people. And it's something that I teach all of my assistants when they start training with me. There are two types of people in this world. 
well, in my eyes, there is mood hoovers and there is energy radiators. Which one do you want to be? Do you want to be that person in the room that literally hoovers everybody's great positive energy up for yourself and they leave the room and they feel completely drained of energy? Or do you want to be that person who walks into the room and you're like, here, have some positive energy. Here, have some positive energy. We all know them. And I avoid mood hoovers like the plague. I have not, I've got no time for that negativity. I do not want to feel drained. My energy is too precious. And in order for me to do, to give out the light and to be the light to other people, I need to completely step away from mood hoovers. Have you always been just a very positive person or is this something that you've like worked on or or kind of like mentally trained yourself to be more positive? Um, I was very negative through my teenage years and I was really negative in my early 20s. I battled a lot with um, self-harming and with body dysmorphia and with eating disorders. So I know what it feels like to be in that negative headspace. And then I realized that life is just too short for negativity and that I deserve so much more than being negative. And I realized that I was worth so much more than my appearance about what other people thought about me. And actually, the main thing that mattered in my own life was how I thought about myself. And so I really worked on it and like tried to keep bringing it back to myself and going, is this positive? Am I being positive? What's the positive aspect? Asking myself any hard life decisions or anything, anything that life threw at me, what is the positive in this negative? Focusing on that and then going with that decision. Well, that's actually a really good transition because we wanted to talk to you about body positivity specifically, which is a big part of your platform as a person. And I I feel like we've had so many women on the podcast to talk about their experience with body dysmorphia or body positivity, but you very rarely hear it from men, or at least I don't. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about like your own ex- experience with body acceptance and, and kind of like what you see on the the male side of of things? So I have a really unique perspective and viewpoint when it comes to body positivity and self body confidence and how other people perceive how they look because when you're a spray tanner, I literally get paid to look at a naked body I get paid to stand in a room while someone undresses and I haven't bought them dinner I haven't bought them a drink and they're getting naked for me (laughs) and I hear every single excuse and apology so I'm sorry for my thighs I'm sorry for my stomach I'm bloated I'm sorry for that weird mole on insert body part I'm sorry for my hairy chin I haven't shaved I haven't shaved my armpits my hair's gross I'm gross I'm bloated, I'm fat, I'm awful. I hear this every single appointment. And when I realized that everyone I was working with was apologizing for their bodies, I realized that we're all in this body dysmorphic self-hatred boat together. And that actually there is just this massive global epidemic of body hatred where we are completely programmed to hate how we look. We are not born hating our bodies. It is learned behavior from our early years and through our teens. So where has that come from? And how do we unknot all the knots that we have about our appearance? Um, So my journey to body positivity comes from learning from others and learning that there is this problem out there. In terms of um, the difference between men and women, um, I don't think it is for me, it's not about my gender. I'm 
I, is about how I perceive myself. And I don't think it has anything to do with me being a male. From being with clients, I know that men are much more introverted about how they feel about their bodies. Um, there's, I hear chat when I'm at the gym. I hear chat in changing rooms. Um, lot, like men do talk about their bodies. They talk about what they want to change and they talk about things that they don't like. If you think about um, hair loss in particular with men, because that is still a body, like a body issue, that is very, very prevalent. And also when you hear people talk about dick size, because that is something that men really behind the scenes will talk about. So body confidence comes in all different shapes and sizes. It's not necessarily about your body as a whole, but it can be about one little thing. And I'm sure, you know, there are lots of people who have body confidence issues around one body part, part, not about a whole body. And I think it's important to realize that we are human beings. And regardless of gender, everybody has their hangups. And some people, like myself, will be very open and help other people on their body confidence journey. And some people might be a little bit more quiet. But it's just so important to talk about body confidence and to talk about how you're feeling. And sometimes, you know, you, you say something and you realize how ridiculous you're being. You're like, oh, what am I even talking about? This is ridiculous. But something that if you're feeling not body confident and you're feeling not the best that you could feel, it's important to realize that, um, and this is a bit dark, but it's, I think it's a good lesson, that literally you are not on this earth forever. And do you think anybody in 200 years is going to be talking about the size of your thighs? No. No, <laughs> nobody is going to be talking about the size of your thighs or your ass. Like, it's just not going to be a thing. So you have to, I always try to remember what, what is my existence? How long am I going to be on this planet for? Mm, not that long. So I'm going to waste all this energy and all this time focusing on the bits of my body that I hate. Or am I going to focus on the things that I love, the things that I like, and actually what my body allows me to do? I love that. I'm I'm wondering if you have any other concrete tips because I don't think the rest of us are ever going to get an invitation to see Kendall Jenner naked. So I don't know that we can follow directly in your your journey, but like how do you think about becoming more self-confident? Like I know you said before, you know, your tan makes you feel good or like how do you just like change the narrative in your head? So, um recognize the moments when you say to yourself something negative. So are you, every time you look in the mirror, saying, I hate my thighs, I hate my stomach, are you repeatedly saying those things to yourself when you look in front of the mirror? Instead of saying those things and focusing on the bits that you hate, change that and focus on the bits that you like. So example, I don't like my love handles, hate my hips, always have. I think I, it makes my body shape weird, but I don't focus on that. I focus on the fact that I actually really like my eyes. I've got banging eyes, really like them, quite like my natural hair color, like that I've got long legs, really like my arms. They're re weird and a bit too long for my body, I think. But I like that. So I focus on those bits of my body. Um, I also believe that a really key way to starting what, you know, your body confidence journey is through self-acceptance. Realize what your body is made up of. We are a combination 
of our parents' DNA. It is literally that simple. There has been no magic wand within the creation of your human form. It has been through DNA. So you are a matter of cells and water and genetic composition. So when you're looking at somebody else and going, oh, I wish I had the legs of insert celebrity, honey, you are not going to get those legs because that is not your DNA. And so once you, it really helped me especially learning that my DNA was my DNA. It's not my sibling's DNA. It's not my best friend's DNA. It's my DNA. And that is what makes my body up. And that's what makes it of of how it is. I think, you know, if you want to start your body confidence journey as well, it's really important on social media to follow body positive influencers and body positive accounts um, that make your scroll enjoyable and teach you lessons and help you understand that it's so okay to have these triggers and it's so okay to have these moments in your life where you don't like your body because that's human nature and you have to just keep working on that. It's a journey, it's a process and there's no one that's going to fly in and go, listen, all your body hangups, everything you've learned, everything you've got, everything you know, I'm just going to wave this and it's all going to go away and you're going to feel great. You've got to keep working on it and keep checking in with yourself and it'll make you... um, It'll make your journey to body confidence and body positivity a lot more smooth. That's one of the things I love about your Instagram presence. I feel like you always have like little videos of you dancing or, you know, you have like photos without your shirt on because I feel like, you know, even... I absolutely do this where it's like you want to pick the best photo of yourself. So like, you know, you're curating it, you're posing, you're like getting the right light. And it's like, do you look that like that on a day to day basis where it's like everyone is just constantly presenting the absolute best version that it's so easy to forget that, you know, like they're a human in their sweatpants, like eating a bag of chips, too, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, the social media thing that you said is I think every like body positive guest that we've had on has talked about this, but who are some of your favorite accounts to follow for body positivity? So I love um, the bird's papaya. Mm -hmm. Um, She, for me, her content is through the roof. Um, She just recently posted about clothes fitting during quarantine and how we are in a pandemic and Clothes aren't going to fit and that's okay because your body is going through a different part of its life. She just really hits the nail on the head. There's, um, I love um, Megan Rose Lane, who is a UK body positive uh, influencer. She's also a mum and her content is so real, unfiltered and incredible. Um, there's also, so Ala Paradise had a Get Body Posy campaign um, where we worked with various body positive influencers and um within that campaign if you want to google it there's influencers there including a disabled influencer called tess daily who can't move any bones in her body apart from two of her fingers and her mouth and her face and she does eye makeup literally with a prosthetic hand or this um this gadget that holds up her real hand and she can do an eye makeup look. Once you start finding influencers like this that are absolutely groundbreakingly amazing, then you just totally change your scroll and it becomes this really gorgeous, rich place. I try and I try and make my scroll so that it's not too samey. I like people to break it up. Um, there's also a trans influencer that I follow um, called Jamie Winhurst, who 
they wear loads of makeup and outrageous outfits and they just break the mold. And I just love, 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 love having differences on my feed. I can't wait to look these people up. I'm not familiar with any of them. Same. Oh, good. I like bringing bringing joy. Well, you're also going to bring some joy because we got so many tanning questions submitted to us. People want you to fix their tanning woes. But the first question, so the question is, what advice would you give someone brand new to self-tanning? And Wait, I didn't okay, submit is this, this from question. You? No, I didn't submit it. I, Jules, I've never <laughs> self-tanned. It's okay. This is a safe space. There's no judgment. I'm judging. But give me, like, I want to know where do I start? <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to fuck it up is, is the problem. Okay. So with um, self-tan, if you've never tanned before, you're coming into the arena with probably the knowledge that tan is for A, one type of person, and B, one type of body type, and C, you're going to look orange, patchy, streaky, it's going to smell, you're going to fuck it up. So firstly, you have to just go through this checkbox answer and be like, okay, what am I learning here? Tan is for everybody. Whatever your skin tone, whether you're light-skinned, whether you're dark-skinned, it reacts differently on your skin tone. And so it will brighten the skin, hide redness, hide orange tones, but also it will make you look like you've been on vacation. So when you've been on vacation, you're well rested. And that's something that I really try and remind people. You've slept so many hours when you're on vacation. So you look really healthy. Tan hides dark circles. It hides that transparency in the skin. It's not just about looking like you've been in the sun. It does so much more to it. So it is this cloak of uniform skin tone and confidence. Picking the right product for you, it is a bit of trial and error because everybody is different. What you like is different from the next person. So how you view your own reflection in the mirror, what you want to see is going to differ from individual to individual. As a starting point, pick your tan like you pick your makeup. So if you're light skinned, choose light. If you have medium to yellow based or olive based skin, choose a medium tan. And if you have darker skin toned or like any slightly, um, any richer skin tones, then choose dark. From there, you will see how your skin reacts to tan. So everybody reacts differently. And I say this every single time I work with a new client who's never had tan before. I'm not going to know how tan your skin is going to go until this develops because we all have different skin and it reacts differently every single time. There are things like where you are in your hormone cycle that will affect how tan you go. Really? Yes. And how dehydrated you are, how stressed you are, um, how often you work out, how often you exfoliate, what skincare you're using. It's all going to affect your tan. Hormones especially um, massively affect tan. So the week that you're due on usually won't go as dark as other weeks when you're on or off. Wild. I had no idea. And I'm, I self tan regularly. I'm not like a, I'm not like you, but I've done it before. Wow. So when you come to pick your product, um, ask friends, especially which they use, which they like using. Um, chances are it'll be Isle of Paradise, but also within the range, do they like using waters? Do they like using drops? Do they like using mousses? Um, if I personally believe waters and drops are the easiest to use if you've never tanned before, waters especially because it's all pre-mixed. You literally spray the skin, rub it in, wash your palms, done. Okay. So if I was going to start with just one Isle of Paradise product, 
which would you which would you tell me to start with the green water 100 percent. the green water is um our best seller and it is the easiest most effective way to tan if you've never tanned before okay how long is my self-tan gonna last by the way depends on your skin um the darker the tan the longer it will last but dark tans will last up to 10 days medium up to seven days light tans probably up to five okay so Jules, I think I do it backwards because I use the pink water and then I use the green drops on my face. You do you, honey. <laughs> I know, but now I'm wondering if I should have the green water instead. I don't know. To be honest, I, I would green water all over. Okay. I'm going to, I'm self-standing tonight after this, but um, I'll let you know how it goes. You had to get your yeah, tips I mean, first. Yeah, yeah. Feel free to message me tomorrow with the, with the <laughs> unveil. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll send you a nude. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> No judgment. Nothing I've not seen before. <laughs> oh my gosh. So wait, what are the biggest mistakes that people make self-tanning and some ways to avoid them? Um, so with tan and with mistakes, I, you know, the first time you did a smoky eye, the first time you did a blowout, you probably messed it up. And the, the same is with tan. But the important thing is that you learn from your mistakes and you read your skin. The most the things that people mess up very commonly are hands and feet. Um so with your hands, the trick is to moisturize your hands immediately before you apply your tan. Apply the lightest amount of tan to your hands because these areas are like sponges. So they drink all the tan. They want as much color as they can get. Then after you've applied the tan on your hands, straight after you add moisturizer, like a hand cream, anything. And then you wipe in between your fingers, wipe your fingernails and wipe your palms. And this will make the tan look natural. Because remember when you, you know, if you sunbathe, the palms of your hands don't go tan. In between your fingers, don't go tan. So you have to remember, okay, what am I doing? I'm making this look natural. And the same concept goes with the feet. So, you know, re-moisturize the ankles and the Achilles heel immediately after you apply your tan and wipe your fingernails. Um, if you get, uh, sometimes we can get little dark spots on our skin after we've applied tan. This is because we haven't closed our pores. We might have open pores. So you can get um, an ice cube and run them over your nose or just shower your legs with cold water before you apply tan and it will close your pores so they won't absorb as much tan. Oh, that's good advice. Um, my biggest question, and I'm glad because this didn't come from me, is about the drops or about like self-tanning at night when you have a beauty routine. So what if you're using retinoids, acids, face masks, all of that? When should you fit in your self-tanner? So the main thing to um, to juggle around when you're tanning is your retinoids. And so AHAs, glycolics, anything exfoliating, because what that's going to do is strip the tan off. So you want to use anything um, that's exfoliating the skin. Um, you want to use that the night before you apply your tan. Then when you put your tan on, don't use retinoids, AHAs, anything like that when you're applying your tan and then the next time you use an AHA it might strip the tan off and so you just need to put a layer back on so just do it on alternate days things like masking hydrating sheet masks anything like that that's all good you do you anything hydrating is just going to nourish the tan more um try not to use a moisturizer with lactic acid in it because that will strip the tan off um but basically I, as a rule, and in my skincare regime, I tan my face every other day. And on the days when I'm not tanning my face, that's when I use my acids. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what about the like morning or night? Could someone use the drops in the morning or do you recommend doing it at night? You do you. If you want to <laughs> use your tan in the morning, go for it. 
Um, I tan in the day. I love tanning in the day. I like getting, like I wash my skin before I go to bed, job done. Um, with SPF, just make sure that the tan, so if you're using the drops in the morning, make sure it's sunk into the skin. Leave it like half an hour if you can and then put your SPF on top. Okay. So it's kind of like the last step in your yes. skincare. Guys, I'm excited to tan. I feel like quarantine is the is the time to work out the kinks in this. I'm so excited for you to tan. This is going to be so fun. Although I'm not going to see you in real life, but I'll yeah. Send, I'll send you nudes. Great. We're all going <laughs> to send each other nudes after this. Listen, I haven't committed to sending anybody nudes. <laughs> That's it's true. just you two. It's just us. You two ho-bags. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Jules, this was amazing. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. I have loved it. I would like to, for the purpose of the podcast audio, um, really appreciate your Dunkin' Donuts coffee that keeps sliding in and out of shop that I can see. It's, it's such... Tuesday. I, I get Dunkin' on Tuesdays. It's just so on brand. It really is on brand. Yeah. Gotta have little rituals. Yeah. So, yeah. So wait, Jules, in the tradition of our podcast, we have what is called a desperation minute where we usually beg for reviews. But can you tell people where they can follow you? support you where they can find isle of paradise like all this stuff what can they do so um on instagram i am at jules von hep and isle of paradise is at the isle of paradise isle of paradise is available exclusively in the u.s at sephora and sephora.com and if you like listening to my dulcet crazy tones uh, you can listen to uh, my podcast with my friend sarah called the jules and sarah podcast go do all of that yeah, go do these things. Jules, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Grace, should we talk about some other matters? Yeah, let's do it. Instagram obsessions. I feel like we've been skipping this because we haven't had one. I'm very stingy with my follows right now. I, I think am it's too. the quarantine. But I wanted to call this one out. So I started following this um, dog rescue in New York called Hearts and Bones Rescue. And a listener actually tipped me off to it. So do they have any dogs? Kind of. So apparently um, they are partnered with a shelter in Houston because New York right now is out of dogs to foster because everyone wanted a quarantine dog. But apparently they're sending dogs from other parts of the country to New York where in other places they have too many dogs. So this is this dog has like or this shelter has like a reciprocal thing with another shelter in Houston. So they're getting dogs on the regular. The dogs are very cute. Apparently, according to their Instagram, it is very competitive to get them because every time they post one, they get a ton of applications. So I haven't like fully gone in on this, but I have been just like watching the dogs that they post and they're very cute. And if you're looking for a dog to adopt or foster during this time, I thought this was a good tip because I've been following a bunch of others that are basically just like, oh, we're out of dogs. Yeah. I want you to get a dog. I know in our last episode you said you're not, but oh my god, I saw I this. Mind, I saw this dog at the park today who was literally having the best time playing with himself. He was really hyper. Aww. He was like way more hyper than I would want, but he was like, I think he was he was a big dog, but I think he was still a puppy. He was living his best life. So cute. I hate going to the park, like walking through the park now because I see a dog and I want to stop and pet it, and I'm like, nope, six feet social yeah. distancing. Yeah. I didn't have one, but I just found mine. Oh, okay. Um, so mine is an account called Hannah Candle NY. And I found her through Brooklyn Blonde, Helena Glazer's 
um, stories the other night. And she makes these beautiful candles that are shaped like nude, um, like nude art forms, like a bust. And they're beautiful. And I want some for my shelf. Ooh, okay. Yeah. What about on the non-Instagram obsession side? So I was very heavily, I've been getting very influenced lately, very heavily influenced on a couple Amazon purchases. One of them by you, which is my Lazy Susan for my fridge. Oh my God. Are you obsessed with it? It is wonderful. I think that along with my pandemic pants, it is my best, it is my best quarantine purchase. Yeah, it just makes it so much easier to get to the stuff in your fridge. Yes, it makes so much more of the space usable for everyday things without needing to like move shit. Yeah, I feel like I either am annoyed because I'm like very carefully moving things back and forth and like to the back of the fridge or I'm not using that space. And it made a big difference. So highly recommend that. The other thing is my steam mop. So it's oh, a whistle steam mop. You are very obsessed with your steam mop. I feel like you've brought it up to me like five times and I'm... I have. So I love it. I was influenced by both Carly and Liz Adams. Um, my exact one is linked in my Amazon shop, but it is wonderful. So I got it yesterday and immediately took it out. I was like, let's see how this does. I wash my floors like every week with the Swiffer wet mop. Like I'm not a dirty person, but um, I just kind of had resolved that my like hand painted living room floors were going to just always be a little dingy. And they still are because there's like some of the paint has just worn away. And I, I like the worn look, but I don't like it to look dirty. There's a big difference. Becca. So much dirt came off of the floor. Grace, is there an area that you have not cleaned with it yet? Because I would very much be interested in a before and after. There is not because I spent like two hours like cleaning, vacuuming and then cleaning the other night because I was just I really enjoying it. But I will maybe I can find some somewhere. Okay, I would be very that might sell me on it. I haven't done my bathroom yet, but my bathroom tile isn't dirty. Mm. It was just, it's just my, my main, like my living room floor. Yeah. I didn't think that it was, it could ever be this clean again. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And you know, what's cool is you can take the steam tank out and then it has all these little attachments so you can do your windows with it. There's a little attachment that you can use to get inside like your stove burners and stuff and get those clean. There's an attachment like for your walls because like my baseboards are super dusty. There's just so much more you can do with it. You can clean like anything. You can also use it as a clothing steamer, but I already have a clothing steamer. I'm so glad that you and your steam mop are are just raging down there. Yeah. And oh, I, I know I'm, I'm like being so, I like can't stop talking about this. I also ordered this like eucalyptus and mint water <laughs> that you can, <laughs> that you can put inside of it. And it, Liz says it makes your whole house smell like a spa, which I'm like all for. That does sound nice. Yeah. That does sound so, nice. So been a very exciting, I, I was joking that like clean wear, cleaning and glassware are like my new hobbies. It's so. been a very steamy week down there. It's been super steamy down here. <laughs> I hate myself. Oh my god, I love you. What about wait? What about you? Okay, so my obsession is normal people, but we already talked about it, so I won't say anything else. It's so good. Watch it if you haven't. And then I wanted to replug an old obsession because I'm I've continuously been obsessed with it, but I feel like I'm more obsessed with it than ever during quarantine. So it's the sleep app that I use. It's called Sleep Cycle. And it 
I think it costs $29.99 for the year. But I think it does have a 30-day free trial. And so you put it next to your bed and you face the microphone towards your face and it listens to your breathing, which I get is creepy, but then it is able to tell what your quality of sleep is. And it also records if you snore. And then it also has an alarm clock setting where it will wake you at your most, your lightest sleep. So it, it wakes you up in a half hour window, or I think you can set it to be like 15 minutes. Um. So anyway, so I'm very obsessed with it, but I feel like I'm very maniacal right now about my sleep. And so yeah. I feel like I've been using this all the time, even when I'm not setting an alarm, just to be like, how's my sleep? Yeah. I don't know why, but I feel I find it comforting to like have metrics about my sleep. That's very dorky. It's very Virgo of you. It's very Virgo. Do you sleep with a sleep yeah. app? I don't. Um, but I am obsessed with sleep, so maybe I should. Oh, it's so good. Kate Childs turned me on to it after we went on vacation in Mexico last year. I it's- use Headspace before bed, and I feel like it's just like so many apps to like do before bedtime. Yeah. So I always I love doing their sleep casts before bed. I do the I listen to the bedtime story. Yeah, I think this has like a sleep story thing too, but it's obviously not Headspace. So I know you yeah. love Andy's voice. I, lo- I love Andy. I love yeah. It's not even Andy that tells the. Um, sleep casts. There's oh. this one called Cat Marina, and it's got this man with a very sexy voice talking about cats and boats and water. And so, like, so up your alley. It's like all of my interests combined. I don't love boats, but I love water. So, oh man, yeah. All right. What about on the book side? You have been reading up a storm. I've been a reading monster. So I finished our book club book, which is the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying of Vampires by Grady Hendrix. I absolutely loved it. It is gory. It is wild. It is about female friendship. It is all of the things I love. And there's a vampire. So, oh, there's only great. one. Yeah, there's only one. Oh, okay. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Then I read The Last Flight by Julie Clark, which was recommended to me by Ashley Spivey. It is the best thriller I have read in ages. Spoiler alert when I do my reading list, it gets an A. It is fantastic. It's not out till June, but I highly recommend it. And then now I'm reading my book of the month pick, which is Happy and You Know It. And it is fantastic as well. So it's like, I feel so spoiled. I've had three books in a row that I'm really, really enjoying because you know that doesn't always happen. I know. Look at you. Yeah. How about you? Okay, so I finished Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which I was finishing up last week, and it was fine. I didn't love it. I feel like it was a little bit too much about motherhood, and I kind of lost the thread. I got it back at the end, but I ultimately didn't love it. But then last weekend, I, for whatever reason, I could not – oh, you want to know why? I I was going to say I couldn't tell you why, but I do know why I picked it up. Because on our episode with Rebecca Searle, she said that she was reading this, and it jogged my memory. And I have this book. It's over a year old. I got an ARC, never read it. So I read um, Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. Yes. I adored it. It was so light, and it was like a romance, but it wasn't necessarily a really like sexy romance. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what the recipe was, but I it just was like so heartwarming and I loved it. So I think you and Carly need to talk about this because I read it and I was just medium on it. 
but I did enjoy it. So but the two of you were like obsessed with it. I loved it. I was it. like, this is like a B, B or a B plus. I loved it. I read it in one sitting on last Sunday and I, I adored it. And so many people DM'd me and they said, oh, I like, I was wondering why you hadn't, or they were like, oh, I've like, I read this and I thought it would be perfect for you, but I assumed you'd already read it. And they were like, oh, I thought this would be a perfect bad on paper book pick. And I was like, no, I was like, Grace didn't like it. So then I didn't think that I would like it. And so I never read it. It's not that I didn't like it. I was just like, this is fine. Well, I know. But like that kind of endorsement in the scheme yeah. of how many, how big my TBR pile is, I felt like yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, move it to the top. So, but oh my God, I loved it. Do you know what book everyone's been DMing me to read that you didn't like what? is Beach Read. I hated it. I have seen so much hype for it. And oh, do you want to know the other thing I found out? What? That blew my mind. It is the same author as A Million Junes. Wait, Beach Read is by the same author as A Million Junes? Yes. What? Yeah. Well, I haven't read it, but just looking at the two books, they, that feels so different. It's so different. And it really shocked me also because I loved A Million Junes and then I I really didn't like this book, but everyone else does. I thought it was terrible. So Interesting. That's me. Yeah. Well, I'm still going to read it at some point. Okay. everyone's And the fact that Book of the Month picked it makes me feel like it. I don't know. I even read it before quarantine, I think. So I don't even think that it was informed by the fact that I was grumpy. Yeah. I don't know. Not to end on a down note. So to pick it back up with a great book recommendation, our book club book this month is The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendricks. Apparently, Grace read it and loved it. I just got mine in the mail, and I'm very excited. And we'll talk about it the last Wednesday of the month. Yes, we will. So tune in because it's going to be a fun one. I think that this is a really good quarantine book. Like we didn't want to our the book that we were originally going to read. I kept putting off reading. I was like, Becca, I'm just not in the mood for this right now. It was something more literary. So I think this one is going to be a fun. It's just like a fun, light, silly, but still great book. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. And if you want more of us, you can join our Facebook group, which is just book talk all the live long day. Other talk too, but a lot of book talk. And mm-hmm. um, we're on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. As of today, I'm 99 followers away from swipe up links. So I would really greatly appreciate if you would go and follow me if I haven't made it to 10,000 yet. Yeah, go follow her. Follow me too. I'm at Grace Atwood. Um, my blog is thestripe.com. I post there every single day. And uh, yeah, go do those things and leave us a review if you feel like it and tell all your friends about this podcast. CTA overload. Yeah. Sorry for all the things. Go do the things if you want. Go do If you things. don't want, that's fine too. All right. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.